Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Claire Crum. Claire, welcome to our show. Thank you, Jess, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Now, I have seen a little bit about your story and I know you're a bit of an efficiency expert, but could you please share with our audience what you do and a little bit about your life behind your business? Absolutely. Well, I am a business owner in the online space. I operate and own Calm Ops Operations Consulting Agency. We work with social entrepreneurs to help them reach next level milestones in their capacity. We do that by moving from reactionary to relaxed. So really bringing a lot more intention into people's lives. On a personal side, I'm a homeschool mom. My husband is a first responder. You know, I'm wearing a lot of hats. So I understand a lot of what the business owners that we work with are going through, especially right now when we have a lot of things going on in the world and extra things that we're navigating that we weren't prepared to do. So that's a little bit about me and kind of my background. What were you doing before you started Calm Ops? Yeah. So my professional background actually started in the nonprofit sector. So when I worked in that arena, again, I wore a lot of hats. I was an executive assistant, event planning, volunteer managing. I like to say I was a professional cat herder. Yeah. Just (laughs) doing a lot of different things. And so working in that space, it really allowed me to kind of dial in my own way of project management and, you know, knowing what I could take on and how to look at all the different parts and pieces that it takes to get something done and Mm -hmm. using that logistical piece of my mind to, to walk backwards and say, okay, well, this is where we want to go. And these are all the steps that we need to take to get there. And how are we going to do that in a way that is efficient and gets the job done and sustainable? So you always had a bit of that ability to have an analytical mind and look at that big picture and then decide what approach to take. Yes, absolutely. And what I have learned in working with a lot of online business owners is it's a skill set that I kind of took for granted. I, I didn't really realize that that was something different than what a lot of people experience. I have learned in my journey as a mother a lot about dyslexia. My oldest son has severe dyslexia. And what I have learned and have a great respect for is neurological diversity. There are so many people that look at the world in different ways and how they view that and how they move throughout the world and process different things can be really different. And what that means for me and my business and with my team is we really have a real opportunity to use the skill sets that we have in analyzing projects, goals, things of that nature, and working really synergistically with the business owners that we work with to help everybody be able to see the full picture of what is needed when it comes to the various projects that we take on. Mm. So what do you do when you have clients who haven't 
grown up with that sort of ability to take that approach in the past? Where do you even start? (laughs) That is a great question. And I think (laughs) the first step is just to be gentle with ourselves. Not everybody thinks about that. And we live in a world where, you know, we're encouraged to hustle and we're encouraged to go big and, you know, take on all the things and look at the shiny objects. And the first thing I think we have to do is just pause and get some real clarity on what it is we actually want to be doing. So the first, the very first thing that we do with the clients that we work with is we actually do a strategic planning session. And in that process, we talk about mission and vision and values. What are the mission, vision, and values you have for your business? And what that does is that really allows us to see what is the North Star? What is it that we're shooting for? Mm -hmm. And from there, we can walk things backwards. We can look at you know, various key objectives that we have in our business. You can take all those mental post-it notes and unravel your spaghetti brain into a more organized flow and a really intentional way of looking at these are the things that we want to accomplish. These are the things that are actually going to make a difference towards the mission, the vision that we have for the business. Those are That's what we're going to take on rather than let's take on the world and do it yesterday. You know, we're going to, we're going to slow down a little bit. We're going to be really intentional and we're going to break it up into little chunks so that we can know exactly what we need to be doing to stay on track every quarter, every month, every week, down to the daily. This is what I need to do this afternoon. Mm, Fantastic. Sounds like an amazing approach. And so simple when you spell it out that way that I'd imagine be quite hard for people to tackle if they haven't been working in that way before. I think it can be. One analogy that I like to use is that we work with visionaries oftentimes that are really talented and can see the forest, but sometimes it's hard to focus on the trees. And so we are tree people. (laughs) We can see all of those different nuts and bolts. And I think that Again, there's just a lot of self-awareness involved with avoiding burnout and being really intentional in our business. And that can mean, I know that I'm a person that needs to slow down a little bit sometimes. I know I'm a person that can take on a lot, or I know that I need to ask for help in this. So I think if we can take that approach where we have some self-awareness about things and we work together, then it becomes easier to simplify things Mm. and make it so that we can make progress while also doing that in a sustainable way. Yeah. And I'd imagine the self-awareness piece would be quite difficult when people are just flying by the seat of their pants, trying to do all of the things and, you know, play out all those roles that they have in their life. For sure. For sure. And I think that as service providers, we have an opportunity to have that conversation with business owners. And I'm always so grateful for the wonderful clients that we have who come to us really because we have this expertise in operations and project management and making things happen in a orderly way, we like to think. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it's about good communication too, particularly when you're working with teams or you have someone that you've brought on to help you in your business or even in your life. If you have good communication with those that you are in relationship with, then that makes this easier too, because then you can say, I need help. Or you are giving somebody permission to say, hey, 
call me out if I'm being a little bit extra right now. Yeah, yeah. So do you find when you're working particularly with solopreneurs or business owners that those mission, vision and values that they have, do they oftentimes tie into their own personal beliefs and their own values and their own big dreams? Absolutely. They have to. Everybody has a why with what they're doing, whether that's in business or in life. And we don't start businesses for no reason. We start businesses with a feeling it starts with, you know, I want to do, I want to bring this into the world, or I want to help this particular subset of our society. And those are all important things and they come from within us. So absolutely, it all ties together. So I'd imagine you're obviously a very organized person yourself and you are, as you said, a parent of three, you've got the business as well and all of the things in between, all of the life admin and the homeschooling as well. It's a lot. So how do you manage your own time effectively? Do you use any particular tools or techniques? Yes. So this is definitely something that is an evolution and something that I have I'm continually working on. And I do get a little bit geeked out. So my blind spot is that I can see that there's a new system that I can maybe try out <laughs> with things like this. And the real trick for anybody is just to pick something and go for it. There's not really a wrong, a right or wrong if it works for you. And I think that's something that people can get caught up in, that there's a perfect way to manage time or I have to get up at, oh, dark 30 in the morning and that and start my day. And that's really not true. It's about what works for you. Personally, I have a couple of tools that are either tech related or pretty analog, really. Asana is my project management tool of choice. But again, there's a number of them out there and there's really they all have a similar goal. So which one works for your brain? Pick one and go with it. I have a system in my workday that I call my Asana sandwich. So I start in my project management tool that has a list of various projects and my intentions for the day. And I always go to that first before I go into my email inbox to see how many people have sent me different things that are trying to blow up my plan <laughs> for the day. So I start by uh, reminding myself of what the intentions were. Then I'll go in and look at communications and what might need to shift, you know, priority wise in the day. Then we move on to work implementation type things, task oriented, come back to communications with folks. This is what we've been able to accomplish, questions I might have. And then I end the day again with Asana to say, this is where we're at. This is what the plan is going to be for tomorrow. And we do it all again. Fantastic. So with all this uh, routine and structure in place, which sounds incredible, and I think a lot of us would love to have some of that if we don't already, what do you do when you see those sort of early warning signs of burnout or overwhelm? How do you respond to that? How do you, what's your immediate response given you have obviously a lot on your plate? Yeah. So of course, the intention is to try and build systems to avoid it in the first place as mm -hmm. much as possible so that when that does creep in, it's not maybe so big or the end of the world or, you know, too big of a game changer. I do that by working with my team. I do that by having systems and things 
in my industry, we'll, we'll talk a lot about SOPs or what are those standard operating procedures so that I know if I get to a certain point or I have a, a trigger that happens, what is the thing that I'm going to do when that happens? So kind of having a plan ahead of time that, oh, you know, we have a, a deadline is going to get missed. What's that going to mean? Well, instead of that, you know, being the cherry on top and, you know, sending me into a tailspin, I have a process of, and my team as well, let's look at the plan. Where were we at? What does that mean? What are we going to do? And, and really we have an outline then that we can follow. So we don't have to think all the things and make all the decisions and be in a really reactionary space. When I am at a point where I, I do know that I'm kind of just like reaching my limit, I, I tend to take a nap. That's my personal um, <laughs> yeah. fix of a choice. Yeah. Just to take a pause, you know, um, take a nap or go outside for a walk or mm. dig around in the dirt a little bit in my garden, those kinds yeah. of things. Sounds perfect. So can you tell us about a time in your life that you have been close to hitting burnout yourself? Yes. So I would say I have my sister particularly will tease me and she'll say that I am a, a serial DIYer. I'm just oh, I've always been one of those people that wants to to get in there and do it myself and let's make the thing. Let's we can build that, we can sew that, we can we can do that, we can homeschool, I can own a business, all yeah. <laughs> all the things, all the things. You know, it was really as my business was first starting that I really, really felt that. When I started, I had three young kids at home. We were doing the homeschool thing. My youngest was about three years old. And that's about the time where they they have enough independence that it's like, as a mom, I had a little bit more brain space to play with. And of course, that means let me start something new. And so I just put a lot of pressure on myself then with this little thing that was supposed to be helping a colleague and um, just you know, bringing in a little bit of extra money for our family. It wasn't really intended to be uh, the business that it has grown into by any means, but I put a lot of pressure on myself at that point and, Mm -hmm. you know, to do everything right for this other person. So I had, I felt a a lot of obligation because it was somebody else's business that I was working in and um, let that pressure, you know, build up. And then of course, what does that mean for me as a mom? Am I spending too much time over here? And all of these things. And so at a certain point, I was talking with a friend and, you know, just, it wasn't really a one-time, oh, you know, this is what happened. You know, I think you feel that way. You can feel that way for a while. Mm. And then just starting to realize, well, this is where I'm at and this is where I want to be. So how do I go from point A to point B in that? What do I need to do? What kind of work and unpacking do I have to do with myself to get to the point where I have what I really want, which is spaciousness at the same time as building business. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely believe that it's possible. Um, We don't have to be stuck and reactionary. We don't have to hustle all the time. It is absolutely possible to build a business that is thriving and fulfills you while also maintaining the relationships that you want to have, um, having white space on your calendar it is possible for it all to coexist and it takes practice. It takes practice. Maybe some help. Yeah, absolutely. And even recognizing that you need some help and then, you know, putting your hand up and saying, I need some support here and that being completely okay. Absolutely. I think it's important that we give ourselves that permission 
Because if we're looking for that externally, you know, that's not always the message that we get as we're trying to be mothers and business owners and all of these that, you know, we, we have a tendency to want to do more. And if you're not on that boat, then you must be not doing enough, I think is what can happen sometimes. So I think it is important to have that permission. And I think help can come in a lot of ways. It, it can come with a team. If you are a business owner, it can come from your family and saying, you know, it would really just be helpful for me to be able to take this five minutes and do what I need to do over here uninterrupted. Or it could be, I need help staying accountable to myself. Can somebody help me, you know, like make sure that I shut my computer and go for a walk today when I said that I want to do that at the end of my day. Mm. And I guess then it often comes back to those, you know, that mission that you have for yourself and your own values and what you're even doing and why you're doing it and making sure that, you know, perfectly aligns with the actual work that you're doing and the time that you're spending doing it. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I think the more often that we can reflect on that, the easier it's going to be for us to take intentional steps towards that end. Mm. A mission is really it typically is more public facing. So this is what our our business wants to do. A vision is really a little bit more internal. What is it that I see that I want to build here? How do I want it to feel for myself? And then of course, your values oftentimes um, are very mirrored to yourself as um, an individual. So for us, that means empathy. That means self-awareness. It means fun. Those are all things that, you know, I value as a person and as a business as well. And to reflect on those things at least quarterly, or, you know, maybe that's um, a screensaver that goes up on your computer. The more often that you can reflect on that, the easier that it's going to be to remember to slow down, remember to take the actions that are the actions that are going to make a difference and not spend so much time in the busy or getting caught up with the next great idea that somebody, you know, put in our purview. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. So what does fun look like for you then? If fun is one of your values, what is what does your downtime look like? Oh, definitely spending time with my family. We like to be outside a lot and that can look like going for a hike or it can be going to our family's farm, maybe skiing or like I said, just kind of playing in the dirt. I like to be in my garden. Um, I won't say that I'm a good gardener, but I do like to just <laughs> happy get out and get my hands dirty. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, the literal grounding is, is a good thing. Mm, fantastic. So Claire, finally, what's one piece of advice you'd share with someone listening today who feels like they're stuck in burnout themselves, knowing that you've got these fantastic tools and ideas that you can offer for people? What's one small thing that they could do if they're just feeling like they don't have the energy to to go big right now? Yeah. Well, I think the first thing is to know that you're not failing anything. Your burnout is proof that you're a person who cares and you just need to find a more sustainable way to do that. And I think that if you can make a list of all of the things that you're doing right now, and then we're going to get our markers out and we're going to cross off the things that you don't want to do anymore. We're going to look at things that could be easily handed off to somebody, a helper. We're going to note the things that are urgent or the things that are not so urgent. So just start with a little list and it doesn't have to be 
you know, a big, crazy organized plan or anything like that. Just, just make the list and find some areas where you can ask for that help that you need, whether that is with the team that you already have, whether that is asking or whether that is bringing on a team, whether that is asking for help in your personal life, a team that comes in to help you in some way or a spouse or a family member or even your kids. Maybe it's, hey, you know, I need a little bit of help over here. You guys are going to do your thing and I'm going to like take a nap. And that's going to be a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Amazing. Claire, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much, Jess. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, the Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.